Welcome back to the Life Changes Podcast. 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 Oh, that was almost like in a... <laughs> what do they call that? What do they call it? In a round. The same, oh, there we like, go. Row, row, row oh, your boat. Yeah. Row, row, row your boat. You should try that one day. <laughs> Sarah. We kind of just did, but we're going to do it better next we'll do week. It better next week. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm I'm your co-host, Samantha Close. And I'm your other co-host, Sarah Williams. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What, what? And we we have a really <laughs> and uh, we have a, a more serious topic yes. today, um, but I think it's going to be super inspiring. In fact, yeah. uh, as some of you may remember, Samantha's ex husband passed away a few years ago, and obviously that was a very difficult yeah. thing for Samantha. But kind of in that dark moment in her life, she found this amazing. Uh, group or foundation mm-hmm. called Our House, yes. and they really helped her get get through that time, and her daughter. Yeah. So we have an expert, yeah. a grief counselor from Our House coming. Yes, and we're very excited. We're very excited, but we thought maybe we'd just kind of take a minute, just Samantha and I, so she could share her personal experience yeah. and kind of give you guys some some context. I don't know, where you, where you, yeah. you want to start? I think this is like such a great topic. I think that a lot of people have a hard time with grief and like a hard time talking about it, so... For for us, like I'm a talker, as you all know, <laughs> I I like to talk it out. I like to get my feelings out there. And so I did go to therapy. That's when I first actually started therapy with my therapist. Um, we, we had started probably like a, maybe a six months before just because of just life. Yeah. So it was nice to establish something. And then when this did happen, she like kind of already knew a background on, on my daughter yeah. and I. But she can only do so much, and there was, like, it's such a specific topic that um, she did suggest looking into grief centers. And Victoria's, you know, we live in Santa Monica, and her school was amazing, and they actually had our house connected to the school. So that's oh, how I found out wonderful. about it. So I didn't even have to look into it. It, it was, was just, kind of it was handed, it, handed to me. So that's I was great. grateful for that. So um, they just needed permission. They talked about what they do. And so I was like, yes, 100%, yes, I would love Victoria to, like, be a part yeah. of this grief center so our house would come to the school and certain kids in the school would actually get a free period at whatever time of the day and they would go and talk it out and so victoria actually like got to know that other people in her school were going through the same thing as her wow. and what, which like that like camaraderie and just yeah you and so you don't, alone and you don't moments. normally talk about it right like she had no idea these kids were going <laughs> through the same thing as her whether it was a parent or a grandparent or a sibling like anything right. anyone like important in their right. life so she, you know, had some comfort there knowing she's not the only one in the school, like, going through this horrible, horrible yeah. time. So our house was really there for her. I went a few times, but I also just, like, went to my own therapist, too. And um, they have, like, so many pro. I can't wait for our, our therapist slash expert to come on and explain yeah. everything <laughs> that they have. But so kind of, like, in a short <laughs> version, uh, Victoria's dad and I, we were together since high school. And we, um, we got, we had Victoria. And then we got married and then it just, it didn't work out. Um, and so when Victoria was about four years old, I, him and I got a divorce. He's been, he had been in and out of her life throughout these years. So we, we weren't terribly close at the moment. Um, he just got himself into drugs and it was just something that he just couldn't get himself out of. So the marriage needed to end it on, end on my end because I just couldn't keep helping with that. If he's not going to be able to get, get it together, I just couldn't be around for it anymore. So Victoria and I move out to L.A. and he's in Bakersfield with his family. So it was a lot harder for him to see her, especially when he's battling this drug addiction, which was really, really difficult. So at the time he passed, we hadn't seen him in a year, which was the longest we hadn't seen him. So that brought on even more like depression, I guess, in a way, especially because Victoria was like, I hadn't even seen him for a year and now he's gone. Yeah, it's almost like a... Of course, not intentional. No one ever knows what's going to no, happen. But it's all. just like a guilt. Like yeah, it, it she didn't had guilt on like, great times or something. Or I had uh, oh so much guilt on my shoulders when he died. I yeah. was like, I was always the one who was trying to find him. He'd always have a different phone number, cell phone number, whatever. Um, and so during the last year, I was just fed up, and I'm like, I'm just yeah. not going to reach out anymore. And so when he when he passes, it's like great. Like I should have tried. I should have like kept reaching out or try to find him. But it's not my fault. And that was something I had to 
realized through therapy yeah. and grief center, it's like you have to let go of some of these things that you don't have control to kind over. Kind of forgive yourself. Yeah. Before you can, yeah. And yeah. I know Victoria felt very guilty, even though she's the child in the situation. Right. It's like it's not your responsibility to to make your dad pay attention to you. Right. It's totally on him. And so he ended up, which I mean, who knows? This could be an, another topic for for one of our podcasts. But um, he ended up getting pulled over. He had drugs on him again. This time it was going to be like the third third strike you're out kind of situation. He was going to go to, to prison for a long time. So the Bakersfield Police Department uh, cut a deal with him that if he were to reveal his main this or reveal kind where of, this main guy was, kind of that they really informant. yeah he became yeah. an informant essentially. But to reveal where this guy was going to be because they cared about that guy more, then he would be off and he would he would have a lesser charge. Had a deal. Yeah. So uh, George did the deal and in the end it was an undercover like kind of sting operation I guess I have no idea what they call it but they uh they knew the information that from George where they would be but George was also present in the car with this guy they wanted and I I truly don't know the whole story because there's footage that's missing that was at a, Mm. a hotel parking lot so we're not sure what the police are saying is that the guy they were trying to get apparently had a gun on him and tried to shoot at the cops and the cops so they, sh- they were shot fire and so that's they the killed story. that's the story that the police are saying they killed both both of them when they weren't obviously supposed to kill the informant right because and he was because he was helping them yes. and he was put in that position because of them so that is how he passed um not a drug overdose which sometimes people think because because drug, drug related it was drug related it was just a very it was a crazy situation so there was a huge lawsuit against the Bakersfield PD the chief of police stepped down after this wow because I didn't realize this, yeah that. this is it, it was all this has been five years that this has happened so within the last five years I think after two years of it happening he stepped down he knew he fucked up and yeah. The five police officers were suspended without pay, but that's it. Um, I think they're still, but there's a huge like case again now. Like some, like two out of five of the the police officers involved were also involved in other corrupt situations. So I think Yikes. two of them are actually in prison because of wow. something else in addition. So it's like a whole like which is like police brutality. I guess you know that's a huge right. thing going on right now so it's a part of and that George is a person of color he's Latino yeah so. and, and they were trying to say well we didn't know which bald man it was well you probably want to figure that out before you just start shooting you probably want car. to figure that out before you you know go <laughs> As, into the situation exactly. because as police officers with inside information yeah exactly yeah. so it was a really really hard time there's not I'm sure never a good time to lose someone no but uh, it was it was there was no closure for a well, long time it's such a tumultuous situation like it wasn't like he had an illness and you yeah. expected it yeah. or it, you know a drug overdose I, you know I don't know what's easier because like yeah you said, exactly none of it's easy but it's just I think it would be really hard to not have answers still to this yeah. day you just you'll never know yeah you just don't know and how convenient that the tape and the uh right the you know surveillance tapes are missing I don't know why that is you yeah, know like why go? are those missing if you guys didn't do anything wrong like right it's insane so right it all points to yeah corruption so it's a really it was a really hard I mean it's always hard but it was such a hard time for Victoria and I and even though like you know George and I had been divorced at that moment 10 years maybe I mean that was the love of my life my first love at one point first love father of your child yeah father of my child someone you're always connected to I will I always wished him well and I always hope someday him and I could come together and co-parent yeah. The way, you know, every parent probably hopes and, and I never got that chance because, you know, his life was taken and he was 34 years old. So, so young. it was it was a really, really hard time. I mean, we still have our ups and downs now, but like it's it, over time it changes. It doesn't get better or worse. It just change Grief, in my opinion, just changes. It changes. And so it's um it it is really good that Victoria and I like had an outlet. I'm so happy she had an outlet with with our house and. They do like amazing things, and so it, it. I don't know how you can really get through things sometimes without having that support system. Yeah. Whether it's like your best friend and you talk every night to her and cry or something, or like right. a therapist, or just learning the tools. There was just no, and there's just no real good way. And like poor Jay, you know, him and I were were together during all of this, and he had no idea what to do, and I had no idea what I needed from him. It was yeah. like just such a terrible time well yeah neither one of you could really support each other the way yeah. that you needed to because I don't know that anyone can I, yeah, you know it's, it's, it's just that's really hard you just kind of it's almost like you just don't you just wait till, till until that person who's grieving 
like gives you any direction if they know or like kind of right. just have to hang out like hey I'm here I'm here for you for but you yeah just when you know what that is let me know I would walk into a store and just start uncontrollably crying I could not stop it yeah. was like my body was just doing it and yeah. then I just I felt like I think because I had Victoria I was more all about making sure I was strong around her right because I can't add on to this of like course. pain so when I took her to Bakersfield, and this is like such a sad moment, I got on the 405 freeway and we were headed out to like deal with, I mean, it was the day after we found out he died. And she just looked at me and she's like, mom, this is going to be so hard. And I was like, I know, baby, I know, but I'm here, you know, I'm here with you. Oh so my God. yeah, it was pretty rough. And like, um, it did, it's crazy how death can also bring people back into your lives. Like his family, right. him, his family, they just, they kind of always blamed me for everything that went wrong in that marriage. And, and I knew it wasn't Parents my fault. Parents do that shit. I know, Parents do I know. that shit. <laughs> and I just had to step away and it's, yeah. it's not my place to yeah. really be in that family anymore anyway, no. but they like apologize after he died really and said like awesome. how how sad and like that they lost this time with like me and Victoria because Victoria is still young at the moment uh, and I had to like yeah. be the person to drop her off or figure things out and we just didn't communicate so therefore it's like I can't really like help you see your grandchild if you're mean to me right <laughs> like, I just can't really do that that's so, on you <laughs> so once like once he did pass it was you know we had a strong relationship again with his yeah. family and as everyone comes together a lot of things that I had been holding on and even my own family, I'm kind of like, hey, life is too short. Let's like yeah. just figure this out and try to make the best of like the time we have together. It's in a, in a very dark way, though. Right. It, it is. Uh, it, it just makes you realize what's important. Yeah. When you lose somebody. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's crazy. And now I once all that happened and I dropped dropped Victoria off. I, I stayed for a few days came back to LA and I realized I was like no one out here knows George no one out here knows I'd never my, met him yeah I didn't nobody really, knew we were kind of just new friends at that yeah, point when I remember passed. so like I didn't even know how to be supportive of you yeah, like, yeah I don't yeah. even know him like yeah. I don't know and it wasn't anyone's fault and that's kind of how uh, Jay was he had met he didn't officially meet him he just saw him once when I dropped Victoria up or uh. something like years and years ago but that's it. He did, all he knows is like all the terrible things that of I used course. to say, yeah. or you know, like oh that marriage or whatever. But you know, he only knew the bad. And so when I came back to LA, I was just like, I think I need to go back to Bakersfield because I need to be around the people who knew him and knew me and knew him when he was good, when he wasn't on drugs. He was a totally yeah. different person. He was like the man that I wanted in that marriage at that time. Yeah. And so it was just like, I can't be here. No one knows anything and I can't breathe. And it'd be so, so like isolating too. Just yeah. to not have that understanding. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and to not have Victoria. And now I could just fall apart. And I was, and I was just like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. So I went back to Bakersfield for a while. I went for the rest of the week until the funeral happened. And it was just, it's just such a surreal, like outer body experience. It's just crazy to have to go through that. Um, and, jo- and and Victoria and I need different things. As a child who lost a dad, she needs something different than me as a person who lost the father of her child. Right. You know, we're indifferent. So that's why with our house, it was so great that they had children. They really specialize in children's loss, too. It's like, I think you have to be a certain age, but we'll find that out soon. We're, we're going to get all the, the scoop <laughs> so, and the info. But yeah. It, but yeah, it's just like a very, I think, a very great thing that they do because like a, a lot of people just can't really talk or figure it out they keep things built bottled in and it's it's hard and, and it is isolating and it is like a lonely yeah. feeling so I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you first started talking it's like grief you know is dealt with differently in different cultures and I feel like western culture very much you know we don't like death mm-hmm. uh, you have yeah. like Latinos or I don't know if it's just a Mexican tradition right. but with Day of the Dead yeah where they're yeah, you know they do that his family does that for yeah him. and it's like we don't do any you know death no. is very scary yeah. for us and and so when it happens no one's prepared it's almost no. like we had a therapist on a couple weeks yeah. ago talking about um empty nesters yeah and, and you life know life after, after raising kids lark going through all the things man but yeah but it. You, if, you, if you don't if you aren't anticipating it or thinking about it or planning for it then it's just gonna totally yeah. just knock you on your ass so it it's, it's wonderful that there's organizations out there that can give support when people need it the most i definitely agree i also feel like i just need to figure out how to go about ever since george died I got that's how my severe anxiety came about because is that really when it started I have always been a nervous person yeah. especially when you're a mom you're right. always kind of nervous about <laughs> things like are they gonna break their 
face. Right. You know, whatever it is. Are they okay? Are they yeah, okay? Are they making good choices? Yeah. Just, you're always kind of nervous as a parent and very like, it's a different, it changes who you are when you become a mom, obviously. But um, it really hit as soon after George passed. I think I, I started feeling claustrophobic. I felt this weird feeling of like, I can't really breathe in elevators when there was a lot of people. And that's never been a thing for me. That's crazy. Ever. I didn't realize that was what Oh God. It was like yeah. right after that. And then um, we were in Vegas actually, Jay and I, and it was probably maybe five or six months after he died. And I was, I had to jump off the elevator and I was like, I have no idea what just happened. Like I just needed to get out of that elevator. I couldn't breathe. And Jay's like, okay, are you, are you right? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm okay. And then our flight home, it's a smaller plane. And all of a sudden both my arms went numb and I was like, I just can't breathe. Like, I don't know. And he had to like take off my hoodie that I had on for me. And I was crying, had a a barf bag in front of me because I just could not breathe. And they, we were, we were taking off. So it's not like I could get up and go wash my face or anything. And so it just started automatically. My body was just starting to feel weird. So anything that felt like I could be in danger, like a flight or like, yeah, of, you know, a jam packed elevator, uncomfortable situation, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I had panic attacks and I started possible danger feeling like if I'm gonna die what the hell is my daughter gonna do like I can't die like I cannot die that makes sense though it, it's, it's not for you it's for her it, you exactly. know I mean yeah and so now and then it's like okay she can't die I can never feel this again because I don't think I can get through it is like my mentality which I still work on because yeah now I'm just a crazy overbearing person that like Jay's like babe I'm not gonna get in a car accident it's okay when we're in the car together I'm like watch over that guy you almost got hit he's like no I'm fine I'm, I'm fine, like no, honey. You're not. <laughs> but it comes from this it comes yeah. from like I know what it feels to lose someone that you love and like I never want to feel that way again and so and in such an abrupt and crazy and fucked right. up way right I mean any way is bad and my grandmother passed when I was younger but you know she was older and we like it's easier to accept exactly because that's the circle of life so right but it's yeah losing to happen a husband a young person a friend a, a, a child like god forbid uh, you know, I just like, don't know yeah, how people just so my anxiety is so I still I still struggle and I'm still trying to figure out a balance between like okay not everything bad is always going to happen right. it, it happened to you this time but yeah. doesn't mean like everyone someone's going to die again. like it's going to be okay you okay. know like yeah and it's hard to deal with so that's why I think you know with therapy it's been super helpful and just taking like steps to like figure that out yes <laughs> yeah and Victoria well, has it as well. like what's setting you off and like understanding yeah you know why you are the way that you are has got to be super helpful just yeah. you know because then then once you know then you can deal yeah. with it and that's and that's how it and like that's why Jay tries to be empathetic because he's he knows where it's coming from right but then it's like repetitive and he's just like you have to try, babe, like try to breathe, try to take moments and yeah. say like when I'm in the car, I just try to like kind of meditate in my head like it's going to be OK. I mean, driving in L.A. is always fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's never <laughs> fun, but just not just not freaking out over everything. So yeah. I'm sure when we talk to these um, ladies, I think it's ladies. Experts. It might be it might be one expert. Might we be might one, be two. It might be two. We're not sure. Maybe yet. a board member might be therapist. Yeah. We're very excited. Yeah, we're very excited. And yeah. I can't wait to get into this with them. But I just wanted everyone to know kind of a short story version of what I went through and why I love this grief center so yeah. much and why you you know I feel like you're an expert in a way too yeah. so it's no so it's very kind of you and generous for you to share your story and oh yeah I hope our listeners appreciate it and yeah. I think I think we're gonna have a really interesting and inspiring conversation with our experts yes. from our house and I'm excited for that all right so. well we'll be right back in just a few minutes yes all right bye bye Okay, so now we're here with our guest. We've got our expert guest, and it is Michelle Prince. Mm -hmm. She is the CEO of Our House Grief and Support Center, and we are so thankful to have you here and can't wait to hear about kind of your expertise on this topic and the very special and meaningful work that you and your organization does. Thank Thank you you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Thank (laughs) you, Samantha and Sarah. I'm so excited to meet both of you and to get a chance to talk about Our House Grief Support Center and to walk in and see you wearing your Run for Hope t-shirt made me super happy because we want to make sure that everybody knows about it. The last Sunday of every April. Yep. 
we get together and there are 1500 people it's, so it's amazing it's, so packed. it's packed we're right in the neighborhood we're yeah. at Sautel in Santa Monica mm-hmm. and people are coming together to celebrate the lives mm-hmm. and just honor the memory of the people yeah. who have died and so to walk yeah. in and see one <laughs> of the past good, t-shirts it's really special for us. yeah so we're very yeah. happy to have it and it's like a little carnival in a way too because there's a bunch of stuff to do and it's really cool. You can put your picture of, of your loved one up with these angel wings and Aww. things like that. And there was just so much to do. And and also, we got a, a run out of it. So exercise, <laughs> exercise is always great. Well, and I would imagine the camaraderie, too, you know, when you go through kind of the, the program. I, I know you had, had met other people that were going through, you know, similar loss. Yeah. But then you're kind of at this space with a lot of people who had that shared experience. Yeah. And that must just be so comforting and, yeah, and wonderful. Yeah, it helps to be able to relate to someone when you're going through something, especially something so hard. So yeah. it was, it was, it was a, it's a great organization, and I was very grateful to have been able to run into it. Because like I was saying to you earlier when I met you, it's just my daughter had um, been connected with Our House Grief Center from her middle school, and it was something that you don't get to think about because you're in – you're going through the grief, so you're not sure what to do. It's just so confusing. It's a hard time. So to have someone just offer up this experience, hey, we have this. This is a program that we, we have at the to school. To just bring it to you. Oh, like, it was yeah, so helpful. It. And Victoria Aww. got a lot out of it. And she, once again, she was very excited to know she had people she could talk to that she didn't know even that were even suffering. She comes home, she's like, oh my gosh, mom, this person and this person, Aww. it was like, we, I got to hug them and talk, it's like right. you have that right. connection. Right, right, we are in 80 schools You're all 80 over schools. the area, so wow. here in Santa Monica and in Los Angeles and Culver City, all over, even out in Malibu, and all of those kids have those same stories. So we're seeing elementary, yeah. middle, and high school students, and they're like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that that boy in math yep. also had his dad die. Yeah. And it's so powerful it's like for them. It's a secret group. It is the secret group, and we don't want and they, them yeah. to have to. They don't choose to be no. in this. They wouldn't ever yeah. want to be in this club, but they're no. in it, and they get to be together. Yeah. 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 And so people can come to our centers as well for mm-hmm. longer-term groups. And we were talking about Camp Aaron, L.A. Mm-hmm. also. Yes, and so, so over the wonderful. summer, so if they've been in group or not, kids can come and they come from the entire region of Los Angeles. So, you know, all the way up from like Pacoima, all the way down to Long Beach. I don't Beach, know where you know. Pacoima is. Yeah, <laughs> like all the way, the whole the valley, the city, oh. and everybody comes and um, they're from six years old to 17 years old, wow. you know, all the way through high school. And yeah. it combines really fun camp activities you know they can be swimming at the pool and yeah. be out and hanging yeah. out and dance party but then they're doing really deep grief work yeah. together as well to express themselves yeah Aww. I love some of the stuff that she she came home she was very excited about that as well I think her most memorable time or moment was the little lanterns that they made mm. that was re- that represented the person that they uh, the loved one that they lost. They didn't lose. Sorry, I I know the like terms. There's lingo to, you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, the use lingo because they're not lost. They died, and it's always. And I didn't realize how hard it was to say that until this happened. So it's like they didn't pass away because what does that mean? They they died, and so well, like, I, I'm curious too. Why is that such an important part of? of going through grief because it does just seem like it, oh, they passed away. It's such a, like a nice way to soften it and a, a bit of a euphemism. Is it just not, it's just not truthful? Well, you, you use guys... the word, you know, that there's a euphemism. And <laughs> mm-hmm. so why do we have to mask yeah. what death mm-hmm. and dying and grief are? Yeah. And it's okay to soften the word sometimes. That's yeah. just part of our cultural world to say lost or past. But right. it is part of what we do yeah. in our groups and at camp to help adults and kids and the teenagers yeah be able to say the word died yeah. or death it's or like a bad word or something yeah it's like it, you know, and make it, it right and just take the stigma away it's just yeah. let it roll off it's your just tongue a normal word. my it's dad a normal died part of life. yeah mm-hmm. my mom died my mm-hmm. girlfriend died to be able to say that word and it's okay it's just a really normal part of life it's natural yeah. right exactly that makes sense we say birth and death just yeah. to right. make it as natural as <laughs> I didn't pass birth into life. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly that makes sense and we do we have all these euphemisms and especially for the children yeah they're so concrete at younger mm. ages and they're like well where did he go yeah you know they're, they're where like, did he pass where? he's gonna come back you yeah, know and so hard. he's just he lost, lost right yeah. 
yeah. we'll find them. <laughs> we lost something else. It just doesn't translate. Yeah, and so sense. that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That, I no, no, you no, no. The that was the lantern was probably was one of the sweetest moments that she experienced where they could write about the person who died and just put it on the lantern and, and put it like kind of say goodbye, I guess. That's right. So, like, it's closer. so visually yeah. beautiful. So yeah. we're out sitting around the um, pool Aww. and all the lights are off and the luminaries are mm-hmm. lit and it's just so magical that the kids all get to you know watch them float on the water mm-hmm. and it is one of the you know real highlight moments yeah. of yeah. the weekend and we're going to be this year we had a very sad story and for years we've been at a camp called Camp Bloomfield mm-hmm. in Malibu and in the Woolsey fire oh, oh no. no you guys lost it we oh. lost the camp and so oh, we're just so awful. heartbroken yeah. for Wayfinder which is the parent organization of the camp and Camp Bloomfield and our dear Camp Mike we called him Mike Bloomfield and so everybody was physically safe but the camp is burned and so we're going to be at Camp uh, Camp Bob Waldorf and that is a little more east in Mm. the Glendale area but we're going to be doing two weekends in June and September so we'll still have a very special it's also very beautiful grounds and a really special camp so we'll be there so we were so fortunate that they took us in right away within a week we were able to reschedule that's wonderful yeah Yeah. that's so tragic there was a lot of loss (laughs) in the fire I know that's crazy yeah Yeah, exactly yeah she definitely loved Camp Erin and I do recommend I highly recommend it and I know um we're kind of discussing and touching on how how hard it is for people to accept you know dealing with your grief so I'm so happy we were we're very I'm very open to any of this like you know I'm all about therapists and therapy and you know and and all of it so with us it once once our house came into our lives I've just been promoting it ever since and I do feel like some people are pushing back on the whole situation but I keep talking about it I keep trying to get it out there because it it's it's amazing and they have adult classes as well for adults it's not just the children yeah what so what are some of the other services that you offer and so the core service is the group in mm-hmm. many different formats. So okay. we see adults and kids, mm-hmm. and the adults are not necessarily connected to the kids, so it's really two separate mm-hmm. ends. And so for adults, we do grief support groups either at our center in West L.A. or in Woodland Hills, or now we're also in Koreatown. Oh, And nice. so we've got groups, and what's a little bit unique, I mean, luckily in our 25 years that we've been around, there is a much more common understanding of what mm-hmm. a grief support group is when we first started there were right. so few to choose from and yeah. now what is that yeah what's unique a little bit about us because we do see so many people every year we're able to have groups that are specific to age and relationship mm-hmm. oh, so let's okay. say you were coming to us as a young widow mm-hmm. you were in your 30s you know, you could relate and have a right. really special time if you were in a widow's group with others who were in their 70s and 80s, but you are in a different life yeah, stage. Still different. So we yeah. have a young widow, widower wow. group, a midlife group, oh, a late life group. So we really awesome. try to target it. We have groups for parents who have had a ch- an adult child, teenager, adult mm. child die, if you've had a sibling die. Oh um, and now just demographically what's you know happening and the baby boomers and gen x so then um people's parents are dying and so then we have Mm -hmm. adult groups midlife and older Mm -hmm. adults who have had a parent die and that can be really special to come together whatever people's relationship or you know with their family they can come together with others who are having a really similar time of life and People are really resilient. Some people are resistant Mm -hmm. to being in group. They might prefer to have Mm one-on-one therapy. But being in group with other people who have had a death just normalizes Mm -hmm. and just helps them know, okay, oh, you're feeling this too. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Well, to your point earlier about how death is a bit of a stigma in the U.S. and in Western culture, we we don't handle it the same as perhaps other other Mm -hmm. folks do. And I think it, it... I would imagine it would be incredibly isolating to be bereaved and experience death in a very close way and really not be able to talk about it with anyone. I mean, when's the appropriate time to talk about it in your daily life? Really, you know, like maybe not at work, maybe your family doesn't want to, you know, like it's, that's wonderful that you're able to cater so specifically to each demographic. Like that's really special. 
And what is so special about being in group is that it's your private, special time Mm -hmm. every other week to just come in and have that conversation. Because even if you come from a really supportive community, Mm -hmm. if you have another amazing friend who is asking you and who is bringing you casseroles and who's checking in (laughs) on you. But at a certain point, that ends. You know, people just expect you to kind of pull yourself up. You're you're okay now, right? Exactly. Five and a half years, right? And maybe in most days you are, but this way you get to just focus and remember your person who died and also whatever is coming up for Mm -hmm. you, then you get to just be a part of that. Yeah. And um so for our adults, the primary piece is the groups. The other thing for the kids, because when we see the kids, they're in the school groups like mm-hmm. you were talking yeah. about. We have camp or we have long-term groups at the sites in Woodland mm. Hills and in West L.A. Oh. And then the kids are coming in every other week, also split by age. Nice. So wow. that in general, the kids who are in our, we call it in-house. So they're coming <laughs> into the agency. In-house. They're coming every other week um, after school. And they are also divided up by age. So we've got the littles nice. yeah. and then we've got middles and the teens. <laughs> and one of the things that is really magical about that especially when we have the littles in group because you know they yeah. have a lot of energy yeah. They're doing <laughs> sure. a lot of the adult and the kids exercises are very expressive mm-hmm. and so they're writing and doing art and yeah. you know just understanding and learning um but then we'll have a teen leader in with the little ones and that is someone who is an alum and mm-hmm. so they might have been oh, that's wonderful in group as a young child yeah yeah you know whatever age they were and then they come back and they get their community service and so they get to be back and then the little ones see like oh I really am going to be okay like look at this amazing teenager who is probably the most like articulate and able to talk about death better than any adult you know and so they've been through it yeah yeah and so that is really really magical something Victoria and I can look into for sure yeah you should and we have a lot of volunteer opportunities you know yeah Yeah, so that's really special to volunteer I mean um do you have to be someone that's maybe been through the program or what are some opportunities for someone who's not like I haven't had any involvement in our house and grandparents have you know died I was going to say passed but died you know know, it's a great Sarah (laughs) quick learner Um, but so what are what are things that other folks can can do to volunteer can you run a group or just help the front desk yes and yes you know you don't have to you don't have to be an alum or a therapist or have previous training or experience with death or grief to be Mm -hmm. a part of the our house family And it is a big time commitment to volunteer to be a group leader, but many of our groups are led by volunteers. It's also a combination of staff and um, social work interns who, you know, are part of the group leading team. Mm -hmm. And we have almost 200 people who are leading groups out in the community. So it's a really big endeavor. So four times a year, we're training for um, the adult group leaders. It's three days of training Mm -hmm. and then for the kids it's four days of training plus supervision every other week but it's such a deep volunteer experience Mm -hmm. and so people are really looking for experiences where they can find meaning with their time and this is what we hear from our volunteers that they feel like they get more Mm. out of being a volunteer than what they give and so it's really really amazing and deep deep work and it's not for everyone you know it's a we have, you know, mutually evaluate each other when we come in and there's an application and training process. So, um, you know, we want people to come in and be able to learn our model, which is very specific, but it is really a beautiful model and Mm -hmm. it's a guided support model. And so that's a really great volunteer opportunity. And then if people don't have that kind of time, they can even just come sometimes to one event. So yeah, the run, okay, we yeah. need hundreds oh, yeah. of volunteers. Right. And that's, that, a big that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And so that can be a place. We have a comedy night that's going to oh. be coming up. Oh, and that's the, awesome. You know, later well, in the year. Hey. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we'll definitely get the word out. You yes. know, it's still in planning. It, yeah. You know, it needs dates and locations and all that. But there's always something to do. And you, you, know? and you were saying you guys have been around for 25 years. Yeah, oh we just gosh. celebrated. Oh Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's wonderful. And so, yeah, how did the 
the yeah. group get started and how did you first get involved oh, as thank a CEO? You. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have an amazing and visionary founder by the name of Joanne Lautman. So I hope, you know, we'll make sure she gets to listen to this. Yes, and yes. she is local and in town and just the most amazing person mm-hmm. because she worked at both a hospice and in a preschool. I mean, oh my like gosh. in the 90s, you know, wow. sort of talk about the both yeah, you know, spectrums of yeah, life. And in that setting, she was working with and exposed to families, recognizing that they didn't have help, especially young families and the kids. There might have been, even at that time in the early 90s, an occasional widow, widower group, something like that. But very rarely was there ever any kind of help for young families. And she happened to interact with a few families who had their moms die and they were young kids and widowers who, you know, didn't know which way was up. And she was like, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a social worker, but I am a giver and I can do anything. And she did it. And so around her kitchen table, she got together with friends and colleagues and got consultation. She says, I want to create this kind of a grief support center. And she learned about others who are, you know, the very few who were in the community at that time. Nothing like this in L.A., but in other parts of the country and she started you know with just a room I know there's a story about how she had this like poster we found in a closet (laughs) once of a window and that's because like the first office didn't even have a window in the group room (laughs) and I think that was a great that was a great story humble beginnings yeah very humble good stories and people needed it and now I know she's very proud that we have three locations and we serve thousands of people every year and you know, of course, my role is very data oriented. Mm-hmm. So we just recently calculated that we have touched almost 90,000 people over the wow. last five years, just five, the last years? five years. That I thought people, that was going to be the no, no that's, just wow. the people who've come to group, who we serve, who we teach, who we do outreach to everybody we've touched. Because the other thing that we do, and then I can talk a little bit about how I found the agency. Yeah. And that's connected is that we do a lot of education Mm -hmm. you know doctors nurses therapists don't all have in the learning curricula grief support yeah right right and so we do thousands of training hours every single year and we work with every medical student who is local here at UCLA and USC we work with nurses we work Mm. with therapists we work with teachers and our staff go out to them you know some come to us twice a year we do this big three-day training and have seen you know thousands of people over the years (laughs) a very deep grief specialist training but then we might go for an hour and do an Mm -hmm. in-service somewhere or we might go for a half a day and do a teaching And that is really how we're making sure that the next generation really knows how to work with grieving families. Because I'm sure, especially for doctors and physicians and nurses, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into making sure someone feels comforted when they're being told that someone had died. But I'm sure there's also just little tricks that can really help them be much more sensitive and much more in tune to what people need. Like, Mm -hmm. that's so wonderful. It is. The medical education program is something that she, in particular, Joanne, is very proud of. And so... Mm -hmm. The UCLA students, we go there and see them in small groups, but the USC students, all of them come in groups of maybe 10, you know, 12 students. And so one of the things they they learn about us, they learn some basics about grief, but they also get to hear from one of our alum who will come and share like what worked and what didn't really work Mm -hmm. in their interaction with their healthcare team. And so they're getting a very intimate yeah, private, specific. you know, very specific about what worked and what didn't work yeah, and how that. the news was delivered or how things felt or how they felt attended to or not. And right. so then really early in their medical education, they're getting that's that sense so of good. what works and what doesn't work. That's that great. So good. Yeah, that's so important. And so I learned about the agency through one of those educational sessions. So my professional role is as an oncology social worker and I worked at USC Norris Cancer Hospital and so even when I was a student at USC (laughs) the social work master's program I learned about the agency and I was like what like I I didn't know there was such a thing as a grief support center I was so fascinated so I 
you know, came and visited at that time. The West LA office was, even then was on Sawtell, but Mm -hmm. in a different building. (laughs) And I visited and I was just in awe. And Mm -hmm. it was a smaller agency then. Maybe that was in like 99 or 2000. And I was like, wow, I need to dedicate my work to this angle because I myself was a bereaved child when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and there was nothing Nothing, like our house grief support center I mean you know my mom died and basically my family was like okay you could go see this therapist if you want (laughs) um and then he basically proceeded to say well you know you had your mom for 16 years so Uh you're yeah, cool you're like good. you're good, yeah, good enough. Yeah. I, I wish I was kidding wow and so that's, I'm not that's like pivotal moments for a young woman to need a mother 16 wow oh my goodness. that's brutal. and so in our family we had had a lot of death in addition to my mom dying and when I was in high school a friend suicided mm-hmm. so you can imagine how hard that was oh, yeah. for our circle and then the year after my sister's son drowned, which was super hard. He's four years old. Oh and gosh. then my mom died the year after. Oh so you wow. can imagine I come to these grief credentials, you yes. know, really honestly. And so uh, when I learned about the agency, I was like, that's great. And really I had a touched. wonderful, wonderful role that I was working in even after USC. And I came I heard about this opening you know at the agency I'm like I'm not really looking for a job but okay <laughs> but I'll just you know, check it out <laughs> we'll just go and you know as soon as I walked in and it's a really warm and wonderful setting in the West LA mm-hmm, and in mm-hmm. Woodland Hills it's very comforting it's mm-hmm. like the opposite of going into a doctor's yeah. cold office yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> it's like a living sterile. room yeah it's not yeah. sterile it's very warm I was like, okay, I mean, I'm here, clearly, you know, this is meant to be. And Aww. so in 2012, I came and joined the agency. Oh, really. that's wonderful. So you've been there a while. Yeah. What was your first capacity in? I came in as the director. As this, okay, yeah. wow, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, so it's really, um, you know, we're at a really pivotal point in the life of the agency, becoming a much larger agency and yeah. a bigger presence. And so it's really a privilege to yeah. help that's guide wonderful. and shepherd that growth yeah because so many people need us yes. so many people need you and I was gonna say how are you guys funded is it through private funding are you publicly funded in a we, small part we are privately funded hundred wow. percent and that's so massive. you know that's obviously a big piece of what yes. I do and that's why everybody can come out to the run yes. for hope and you know <laughs> help support us financially but oh, it yeah. is um you know we are a pretty lean agency and so every dollar, you know, goes mm-hmm. right to direct Good. services because we're led with all of these volunteers. So we try to be as lean as possible, mm-hmm. but we are privately funded through very, very generous donors or mm-hmm. foundations. And a little bit, you know, there are some fees for our in-house program, but mm-hmm. they will slide down to a dollar. Yeah. So we never want... So affordable. Yeah, yes. we never want financials to block someone from coming in yeah, that but was never if, an issue for victoria she's yeah. just yeah and in the school to, program yeah. there's no charge yeah, camp has great. no charge yeah. and oh, camp did, yeah. wow. nothing that's so zero that's, zero that's yes great. and for camp Aaron, there are no charges mm-hmm. and um then occasionally we might get a few fees for workshops or things mm-hmm. like that or if people can yeah. afford then they come in and pay a fee for their initial appointment or for their group sessions mm-hmm. and then um we might get a few dollars for books or other you yeah. know fees for service like that it's amazing it's seriously so great <laughs> <laughs> like everyone needs to go needs to go need it. I, I have yeah one more question I think um which is how do what's the expectation when you join a group is that sort of a like an indefinite you can stay as long as you want or is there kind of like a okay, you've been here and now you're graduating to the next level sort of a a program. Graduation. Yeah, it's a great great question. And it's different for each type of group, but let's say you were coming in for a widow's group and Mm -hmm. you were wanting to um, be a part of that. So you would just give us a call and we would help you take it from there. You don't have to keep all Mm -hmm. these details in your head. You know, if you're trying to refer someone, just we'll help make a plan for everybody's grief. But each of our types of groups has a different length. And so it isn't indefinite. And so let's say you're coming in for one of these young widow widower groups, and I it's somewhere between um, twelve and sixteen months. It's not straight with me in the in, mm-hmm. you know in this exact <laughs> moment, but that means you're all starting and ending the group together, so that it's a really safe place. We're not you know maybe occasionally for the first month there might be a couple of people a joining, yeah. Um, and so then 
it can be a little bit of an organic process for groups to start. So let's say you have a death and about a month later you give us a call and then you come see us a few weeks later and then there might be a little bit of a wait Mm -hmm. for a group while we're waiting to have eight to ten people to Mm. put them together to make this group because we want to have enough people, you know, for there to be some strength to the numbers. And so it's, you never know, that could take three weeks you know it could take six weeks and so there's a little bit of patience that's needed we try to just stay in touch with everybody um but let's say the group that is for parents who have had a teen or an adult child die that's a 24 month group as an example so just over the years we have piloted different lengths and to see which is the most ideal so those are some of the pieces the kids groups in the school are 10 week groups Mm -hmm. And uh, camp is obviously a weekend, Mm -hmm. and so that's limited. And then the groups that are in-house for the kids, the kids can stay up to 24 months. Oh, that's Roughly, you know. You know, it's just assessed what does the child need and, you know, where are they in their grief journey. Do you guys have things for, like, for instance, my daughter, her dad died, and it's been five and a half years, so if she were to want to go back, because she only did the school one, is it possible or is it, you know, because it's been all these years that it's like, how does that work? Exactly? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, I wish that we could do something for everyone right. at this like, moment in time. You know, there isn't anything yeah. specific for her, but we definitely have a lot of material right. and um, reading and consultation that we could give and help her with some education but specifically once she's a couple years out like yeah. that then there isn't anything it's, specifically yeah. from us do they need do you guys need anything say from her as far as if she wanted to volunteer does she so she her concern when she went to camp, camp Aaron, like she didn't go as a volunteer she went as the child but she was just like i'm scared to to lose it and make somebody else upset and and she was just very concerned because she was like these little ones are like you know so much smaller than me and they'd lost their their dad or mom died and and she was just worried about that so if she were to volunteer do you have to like can she cry or is that like like you probably shouldn't like you have to be strong like I don't know how that would work such a good conversation oh that's such a good conversation there's so much to unpack with that. I know right um, you know I think the first thing that we can think about is that you know crying is one of the most amazing right. things that we can do as a human being mm-hmm. we have emotion that is bottled up and we get to let it out of our eyes and it is the most healing and cathartic experience and so definitely for us it's about feeling the feelings and not like plugging it back up you know and so all of our volunteers and everybody who is involved with us we also feel for what's going on so you know obviously our group our group leaders are not going to be bawling, right. you know, whenever they the can, corner. you know, yeah. they're holding the space for everybody. Yeah. But for people who come in, um, it's such a mix of mm-hmm. fun activities yeah. and getting yeah, to know true. you activities mm-hmm. that it isn't going to be a place that's going to foster like this total, <laughs> like you everyone's know, just yeah, hysterically yeah. Corner. <laughs> and so you're bringing up also that, you know, our adults, um, our volunteers do need to be adults. So, yes. you know, she's in school. Yeah, and so once she hits, you know, 21, right. like, there, you know, yeah. oh, then yes. we'll be ready for her. <laughs> yeah. And that is so special. We've been doing camp air in LA long enough now that we've had campers come back to volunteer and it is so special it's so special so she'll be able to do that yeah Yeah. she's definitely had shown interest she was just worried about she's just a very um sensitive soul anyway even if she hadn't had um you know death in the family i you just you just bring on that that sadness from somebody else so she was always i just don't want to incur like i don't want to like make it worse <laughs> still, still be, be strong enough to be able to yeah, be supportive exactly you know, that's she's that's an important. empath you know yeah. she's a probably really feeling young yeah. woman but we give good training nice. you know so she wouldn't be there <laughs> alone yeah. but it's definitely appropriate to yeah. share yeah. and 
we would give her good coaching. Awesome. Yeah. Very good yeah. to know. I'll yeah. let her know about <laughs> let it because I know she was a little concerned. Put she, that in the books in a few yeah. years. Yeah. But you <laughs> know, we players. have a film, um, a documentary that was created oh. about camp. I don't know if you know I that. It. Oh, you did. did One Last it. Hug yes. on HBO. Oh, wow. And so, it so good. It is so good. Yeah. It won an Emmy. Yeah. And oh, so we had our Hollywood Whoa. moment. And so if that's something that yes. any you know anybody oh, wants to yes. see, it's another way to learn about children's grief and also how we work with the kids because everything that we do is behind a closed door mm-hmm. so it's not always easy to illustrate what happens right. yes. but the film was done and everybody gave us their permission you know to film mm-hmm. and everything and it would have been enough to just make the film but then HBO picked it yeah, up. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then it won an Emmy. And so great. it was really, really special. And it is. It's a half an hour documentary. Oh, and it's yeah. really well done. Very beautiful. Yes. I'm going to watch it tonight. So HBO. So we, ha- we have your documentary HBO on HBO. Last hug. <laughs> and then what other things? Um, what was the date exactly for the run this year? The date is the last Sunday in April. So April 28th. Yes. And we are really easy to find. You yes. can get to our website. It's ourhouse-grief.org. So O-U-R-H-O-U-S-E, ourhouse-grief.org. And just go to the Run for Hope section. And all mm-hmm. the details are there about the adult in memory ceremony at mm-hmm. 730 in the morning. Oh. The gathering at the start line mm-hmm. at about eight forty-five, and then nine fifteen, ready to go. And it's a walk and a run. Okay, oh, so, so you don't have to. Yeah, do you do in. not. I got you lung can just. Disease. I can't jump. You do <laughs> not have to. No, yeah, you can. You can, can stroll it. You can <laughs> yep. walk it. You can <laughs> jaunt it. You know, jaunt it. Yeah, you, you can. have the opportunity when you do register to. Um, submit a, a photo of your loved one. Aww. So, like on my shirt right here, I have George and I on the back. To put that on Instagram. Yeah. So it's like one of my favorite photos that we had. And so, and Victoria did hers. That was important to her. So it's just really nice and very personalized. Yeah. It's very personalized. And so it is people's favorite thing to be able to go. And then you have this sea of people. Mm-hmm. And they also are all wearing their shirts. Mm-hmm. It's really, really beautiful. If people wanted to come or just kind of support on the sidelines, can you do that and be involved yes. in a non-official capacity? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. And so you don't have to do the, you don't have to do the 5K part. You yeah. can just come to the festival. Yeah. You can just come to the memory ceremony. It's really gorgeous and where it all takes place in west la yeah right at um the band shell it's that the municipal segment which is right at sautel and santa monica and so we literally close sautel and some of the neighboring streets just for that morning and it's a really nice route oh that's great very cool and any other spaces that people need to know about like any place to go to besides the website or instagrams or facebook yeah follow us yeah easy absolutely yeah our house easy easy to find our house grief and oh grief but just Mm -hmm. okay you know easy to google to just say our house grief yeah 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 and put it out there we are so grateful to have you come on it's a very touching you know place in my heart for me and my daughter and just to get the word out there so people know there are places like this to help with grief and it it really does help thank you very much it's a privilege for Mm -hmm. our house grief support center to just make this connection with you thank you i love that it was yeah personal for samantha and, and i'm glad she found you guys and I, I hope that if there's people listening who are going through this particular, you know, very difficult and challenging life mm-hmm. change, that they're yes. able to, you know, find someone like you or come to you guys and, yes. and, and get the help that they need. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. And, and everyone, sign up who wants to sign up or just go and hang out and support on the sidelines. Yeah. Like Sarah wants get like a to. snow cone or a funnel cake or something. I'm <laughs> all, sure there's all things. All of the above. Oh, yes. okay. And yes. burritos and everything. Oh, yeah. Have a lot of, I love it. I a lot love of good it. stuff. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening in, guys. And we'll talk at you next week. We'll talk at you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.